So I think we're ready to go, all right? I think so. All right. Well, hey, greetings, everyone. You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Art Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Molson. And I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. Eric, our guest today, and probably our guest to start off the new year, we have uh, a very esteemed art couple, uh, Raja Bose and Ellen Picken. Um, and you guys just recently got married, I'd say within, like, was it 2019? It was, that? yeah. Just a, just a few months ago, if you uh, look back through the last year. Yeah, September. Yeah, September. We, we barely made the cutoff for a 300-person wedding. It feels like it was about two weeks ago, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I saw you did it at the library. Why did you choose to do it at the library? Oh, um, well, the library for us represents a real center of the community, and neither of us are particularly religious, but we do have a faith in our community. So it was... Uh, big enough to host all the people that we wanted to invite to it and it also just represented our love of literature and learning besides um, it being a center of the the town so we were talking earlier um, well Ellen I know you have a background I think in graphic arts um, or at least it, I think that's what you took at Eastern and then Raj would just find out had gone to was um, Pullman was went to school there and then came up and got a uh, in the creative arts um, writing program at Eastern. So is that how you guys met? Is through art or some sort of art gathering uh, originally? No, actually, uh, we just met by chance. Uh, although through the arts in an indirect way, uh, through a, a friend of mine who's passed, um, Sam Jordan. Um, you know, a, a tragic story of, you know, he, I was in a band called Flying Spiders years ago and a great friend of mine. We had been in journalism together and went through the spokesman review, were laid off together at the same time and, you know, started a band. And I mean, years later, uh, we were doing a event for some down in the park and a bunch of friends came together. And we we're trying to raise awareness uh, for uh, a park. Part of that park was going to be uh, renamed um, at one point and um we were trying to raise awareness for some potentially being the 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 name for that park uh that didn't work out um but which was fine because they did name it after uh the people of the sun and um but so we what Ellen, Ellen and I met there yeah in <laughs> tangent story but um a to a friend introduced us um at that at that party so um you know it was a chance meeting i i would think you know we were both pretty active in the arts and Ellen had just moved back to town at the time and so I got, I kind of think we probably would have met later anyway but um it was a pretty special time to have met oh yeah. Ellen moved back to town where were you Ellen um I was kind of all over the place I lived in Republic for about 10 years by choice <laughs> <laughs> I loved it up there as kind of a little wild child in the woods and then I moved to the Northeast United States for a few months and then Japan for about a month. And then I ran out of money. <laughs> and I, I'm living the artist's life. And then I came back to Spokane to figure out what to do. And yeah, that's when I thought, oh, you know, I, I need to meet some new people. I've been out of town for a long time. And I went to the park naming event. And yeah, that's where Kate introduced us. She assumed we already knew each other. <laughs> And Raj started stalking me. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's what you do these days. Yeah. It's the most romantic online uh, stalking you can do. <laughs> so maybe I'll just start with you, Raj. You know, how did how did you get started in the photography, the videography, the storytelling through those kind of visuals? Was that something you had started like when you were high school or earlier, or did you mm-hmm. pick that up or have a passion for that uh, later in life? Yeah, it really came through my mom, who um, was never a professional photographer or an artist, but um, we grew up uh, documenting our, our lives. Um, my mom has hundreds of photo albums of our family, and uh, if I look back at how I ended up getting into photography, it was uh, through journalism. I was at WSU. Well, prior to that, I was at Pullman High School, and part of the yearbook club and those kind of things but it wasn't until college that I really sunk my teeth into you know documenting people I didn't know you know photographing going out and photographing people and you know the romance of photography started there you know in journalism and then it continued on to a couple new newspapers and um, in Pullman then Tri-Cities and then into into Spokane uh, into Spokesman Review and that's kind of the backbone of my you know creative engine and is is you know real life um capturing and it wasn't until really after i met ellen that i really kind of got back to uh investing any time into doing work that was uh not assigned to me by someone else you know work that i was doing on my own so for a long time i was just like a a person you'd call and or you know my boss would call me and say go here and go there and you know i I always felt that the art was in the work. Um, part of photojournalism uh, is a little bit of both. You know, you you know, it's just like a writer in in journalism can you know take certain uh, can do certain um, things with the words. And the same thing with photography, we can take uh, risks and you know play with light. And that's that's part of the part of why I always loved. What, what photography did over writing um but it wasn't until ellen and i really started getting into or i really started watching how she worked as an artist that i, I that i uh even started doing it on my own or you know exploring that side of myself now um so you worked at the spokesman and did like photo journalism so it was kind of interesting eric and i uh interviewed uh jess walter who really kind of started his writing career as a, as a journalist um, for The Spokesman. And he, he said that doing that kind of work, you know, in, in journalism as a writer, kind of helped develop his chops, so to speak, so that when he got into his writing of novels and, you know, the creative writing aspect, that he had developed, you know, just those chops, much like a musician uh, developing uh, a lot of skills just by playing a lot of covers and practicing and scales and all of those kind of things. Did you find the same thing um, um, with photojournalism and then meeting, you know, like with Ellen and starting to think about how I can apply that now that I really understand the the mechanics and the craft of it into a real creative art? You know, I'm I'm lucky to know Jess and work with him and have a, 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 a friendship with him since I almost showed up in Spokane years ago. And uh, he was 
he, he was somebody that was folklore at, at the spokesman. I'd missed him during that time, but you know, everybody talked, talked about him. And, and again, going back to my friend, Sam, he was a mentor of his and, you know, he, and, and Jess's, you know, um, impression on Spokane is, is so large and it's a surprise when you meet somebody who hasn't heard of him actually. Uh, and, I, I think both the two of us do share that. You know, anybody who comes up through photojournalism or new, the newspaper business, I heard something recently that, uh, you know, journalists never let go of the identity that they get as journalists. Even years afterwards, they go, I mean, all of us journalists end up in marketing at some point or, you know, you know directing some kind of company in, in the creative arts. But it's it's true in the sense that I have never lost my calling or my identity as you know, said journalist, somebody that, you know, is trying to always see the world through, like, uh, you know, all moments are are potentially um, beautiful, you know, in how you interpret them. And photography uh, allowed me to do that with strangers on a, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it's, I think it's programmed into me at this point. And similar to Jess, the way that he researches and and the way that he goes out and, and finds these stories and then, you know, then sits with them for, you know, up to years, you know, writing about them and, and crafting them. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot from him as well in, in how he observes the world and, and uh, you know, he doesn't walk around with a camera. But uh, in the same way, he's, he's constantly uh, absorbing, you know, this, this town, but also uh, people. And, yeah, photography, it can be like that. And... You know, it certainly doesn't have to be. There's lots of ways to be be a photographer, but uh, I definitely fall back on the um, on the uh, my archives of, of of work that I've done. You know, meeting so many folks out there, and uh, yeah, that has definitely informed how I how I've moved out of that stage in my life. Well, and you got to collaborate recently with Jess, didn't you? How did that come about? Well, yeah, I mean, luckily. Uh, he, you know, he we were he has been working on uh, the Cold Millions, his new novel, for uh, the last I think five years or so, and um, you know, I, I was not a part of any of that process. It was really just a phone call one day where he he it was his full his fully his idea, and but he wanted to do a book trailer, and we him and I had talked about working on a, a short film or other such things over the years, and you know things that just haven't come to fruition, but hopefully will. Uh, and as you know, he just he just rung me up one day and asked if he'd be interested in, in doing this this thing with him. And he had written the script already, and so we just got to work. You know, it's it's a pleasure working with somebody who who brings one hundred and twenty five percent to the table. You know, because you can you can then focus your work. You know, with theirs. You know, and Ellen and I both worked on that project with Jess and. Um, but having a fully written script and, you know, Jess is a great interview. You've interviewed him. He's, you know, he's, he's just as funny in his books as he is in an interview. And, you know, it's no different in the, the short script he wrote, was, which was a history of Spokane, you know, but through the eyes of uh, 19, early 1900s, uh, you know, this area. And, um, you know, re- I was reading the book at the same time we were working on that. Uh, that short film together and I, I wish I would have read it faster because you know it was at the end where I really kind of completely understood you know what he had put into that small six minute package that we you know that six minute film we made together um, you know it's there's quite a bit in there you know and reading that book is a great compendium to you know what we with that short little visual we made but yeah, yeah no I mean 
Why does anything happen in Spokane? It's it's people you know, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, Ellen, I'll like go to you and ask the same question, and I think we'll kind of merge this somehow uh, in your project as you work together with Factory Tom. But um, were you always um, interested in art, and uh, particularly the visual art, uh, like graphic art? And uh, I know you do a lot of murals, and have done a lot of murals uh, in the past. Is yeah, I have a, um, a fine arts degree too from about almost 20 years ago. <laughs> but I was I was fortunate to live in a family that um, really encouraged a sense of creativity and curiosity. My dad's a scientist. Actually, our fathers are both engineers, which is kind of crazy. So I had the that scientist curiosity for the world, and I think that is almost the same as being an artist. You look really deeply at things, you try to understand them. And then you try to replicate what you see. So that, that drawing and the imagination and creating a new world was always kind of with me. And my aunt's an artist. She definitely pushed me, <laughs> maybe pushed me in that direction, but encouraged me. And it's good. For, I think it's good for a kid to be challenged and encouraged equally. And I think I, I was fortunate to have that growing up. Um, there's kind of a funny story from my childhood. My mom, like Raj's mother, saved everything. Photographs, pictures, graded uh, tests, whatever. But there was one uh, letter in particular from sixth grade that my teacher sent a few drawings to a college professor. And he wrote back, commenting on them, giving me a little critique, and said, I hope to have you in my class one day. And a few years went by. I went to school, and I was getting a biology degree because I was very interested in sciences. And I took an art class, and I thought, oh, my God, I forgot how much uh, joy I get from, from creating with my own hands. And I had this professor there, and a few, like, a few weeks later, after already enrolling, my mom's like, what are your teacher's names? And she pulled out this letter from Tom Askman, <laughs> <laughs> it was written to me when I was in sixth grade, oh, and there I was great. in his class. And he's been such an, a huge influence on me uh, for my whole artistic career. And he's actually retiring this year, so it's kind of a bittersweet year. Well, as you're so. mentioning influences, I was looking at, at your murals on your website, and one of the questions that I had set up for you is your murals are um, they're so geometric. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't want to say abstract because that's not really what I'm getting at. There's, there's a mathematical quality uh, to your murals. Have you, has your art always looked like that? I guess that's kind of a question, but also, do you find that your biology background, your dad being an engineer, how much of that informs your art? I, th I think it's a, yeah, I've been kind of thinking about that too as uh, my works become more and more abstract. It's abstract, but it's also, it definitely has, um, I have to use math when I put the artwork up on the walls <laughs> and just a little bit, not too, not too complicated stuff. But um, yeah, I always told myself I was never going to sit at a desk uh, like my father with my back <laughs> bent over and my pencils and erasers. <laughs> it looked so boring to me when I was a kid. But um, now that's exactly how I work. My desk laid out exactly the way he had his blueprints <laughs> laid out. Um, but I think that it is... Um, my work actually comes from inspirations of the natural world and my my experience in it. So even though they look geometric, 
um, I think of when I create my work, I think of my body in the space that the murals are going to occupy. So I think about my time hiking through the woods or kayaking down a river or even um, in relation to other people's bodies. So there's a certain comfortable distance that we have culturally established in us between um, human bodies. And that's funny. It's changing, too, as we have this six-foot rule. Um, but So my work, to me, is very physical and organic, and then it gets interpreted as shapes, colors, and tones. And um, so I'm trying to recreate more, more of the sensations that you get rather than the um, information of this, ob- this is this object, this is that object. So, yeah. Yeah, I find I had the same thought that Eric had in looking at your murals. Um, so as you talk about, you know, going, you know, through the woods or looking at nature, I think maybe even subconsciously there's that the biologists would always look at patterns and I, I see mm-hmm. a lot of patterns in your murals using geometric shapes but o- the overall uh, impression is there, there's a pattern there that seems really striking uh, especially in a large setting like a, a side of a building or something like that. Yeah that's a really good observation and definitely 100% I would say yes you know the whole our whole experience is made up of particles move, moving and relationship between the living and inorganic world relationship between different um, organisms and those patterns have detail on their own as individual shapes but then they create a larger picture so the work that I when I try to create work like the mural work I'm thinking of the whole space like how how the entire uh, piece is going to flow together and then you can like work down to the smaller details and so you can enjoy it at a close range or a distance too yeah i was looking at your murals and you've done them in so many different places you've done them along the west coast you've done them in new york you've done them in a whole bunch of different places do you get to go back and watch people interact with those murals because that seems to me that that would be maybe the most fun part is is watching them interact but so many of them are in you know Bellevue Mm -hmm. or downtown Seattle or uh, you know New York City right yeah there's a lot that are in private um, office buildings too so I never I never get to go back and see those um, unless I suddenly get a badge to get into (laughs) Google's headquarters or something but um I do I do really love the work that's out in the public though because as I'm painting it I get to talk to people mm-hmm. who live nearby and that feedback man the first mural I did actually was here in Spokane it was through Spokane Arts is underneath the underpass on uh, Wall Street and which I, I live like three blocks away from that oh, I walk no through way. it every day I yeah. love that one yeah that's cool and actually I painted that uh, the same month that Raj and I met so that oh, was cool. like the beginning of everything really right. and um, being able to interact with all the people that use downtown and understand like how art affects their lives is something simple as some lines on, painted on a wall um, really made me reconsider studio painting like why why am I doing that is so private and I still do studio painting but the creating creating an environment 
that people love and enjoy and even get to participate in making. If somebody stands there for five minutes and starts talking to me, I'm like, here's a brush, start painting. Uh, So that it becomes integrated into the community and people are proud of it, proud of the work that they've done to help build it. And um, they get to meet people that are unlike them um, as they stop as on their walks. Instead of just passing by each other, they get to stop and paint next to each other. And so I thought, oh my God, I have to, I have to keep doing this. I love working with the public as I'm working. Sure. You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. We got the blues on. Sure ain't got to Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, The Blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... And... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. I'm living for the weed. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. You're invited to cruise Americana Avenue with me, Jim Tate, in your car or at the office. Each Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m., you'll hear the best in progressive American roots music in a multitude of styles. It's Americana Avenue on your radio station, KYRS. Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month helps keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting Give KYRS to 44321. That's all one word Give KYRS to 44321. Art Hour receives support from Saga, the Spokane Arts Grant Award. Information online at spokanearts.org. If you would like to listen to any of our old shows, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts by searching for Art Hour. Well, in the photographs on your website, you, you um, had some pictures of people helping you with Fresh Soul. Mm-hmm. Was that something that you planned to do or was that something that happened organically? No, that was definitely a planned community-based painting. So. Um, Gonzaga University has a um, program that they get their students to go out and work in the community. And Fresh Soul was just getting started. And they have all these kids in the neighborhood. So we got students. And this was through Spokane Arts, actually. Uh, Great organization. I'm sure you talk about it all the time on your show. But um, they they planned to have that community collaboration. So I created a, a 
design that anybody could paint so that's why it's um, really pretty simple but yet it has a lot of motion to it, it has a lot of color and it's very colorful um, but what we weren't planning was that we had about 40 volunteers and 20 paintbrushes so it turned out to be a really good um, problem because somebody would be painting and somebody would be waiting. And if somebody wanted to paint, they would have to go up and say, hello, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? You're doing a great job. Can I paint now? And that's how people got to know each other. Rather than everybody having their own individual brush in their own world, they really got to interact on a deeper level. I think sharing is a very important part of being a human being. Yeah, we now, don't all need our own things. Moving from there to, I know uh, one of the projects you collaborated on, and you talk about things changing all the time, and you also talk about um, getting people to participate in the art. Um, the the show you guys had at the Terrain Building, uh, Jacob's Ladder, I believe, was a very interactive um, type of a thing around change. Um, also, you know, maybe symbolically ascension or progress, you know, uh, like using the Jacob's Ladder uh, metaphor type of a thing. So that's one that you guys collaborated on. How, how does that work now when you guys are combining both strengths but different creative uh, mentalities and the way you look at the world and how you try to create that world through your own story? Hmm. Do you want to go ahead? Do you want me to? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, we, I think actually after the, um, after the Fresh Soul painting, because Raj did a really great um, video for it. He was still working at Gonzaga at the time. So they, he was, that was his job was to document these sort of things. This whole happened. I was paint, I was doing the painting, but I think that's where we kind of started getting the idea of working together as collaborators. And that was a really long time ago, just very beginnings of that um so then our first collaborations were in video actually uh doing some commercial work for downtown spokane partnership and that was kind of our first practice run at, wor at working together by the time we got to J the jacobs ladder installation we'd done a number of collaborations as factory town so i think we were pretty comfortable with sharing how how we work together Mm -hmm. I want to try to describe how we do it. What's, what's that? Mark? Yeah, how do you complement each other? Like Raj, what, 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 I guess viewpoint or ideas do you bring, and how do you combine both of those um, to you know come up with something that's totally creative on its own? Mm -hmm. I think it is pretty interesting how, especially couples work to work together on this kind of thing. Artist couples, we know a few, and. Um, a lot struggle with that process and because there has to be a pretty open communication constantly and it's really because I, I mean I give it up to Ellen here because she's a, a great communicator and a, a great uh, thinker big thinker and the way she th just like you heard her talking about her art you know she takes a lot into consideration when she is planning a piece and um, maybe she doesn't like to be considered you know an organized person or uh but that that at the center is why her art is successful and that's why she can execute these huge murals and a lot of people get drowned out by that kind of work and end up going back to you know small paintings in their studios 
because it is such a undertaking to be able to take something from a piece of paper and put it on a on a building site you know that's four stories tall uh and so in that you know she, she's also the the bigger dreamer of the two of us and i'm the more that's not totally and true. i'm more <laughs> i feel like because i came from you know f- photography and journalism i'm more practical in that way and so we have a weird mix you know like you know, we have a weird mix of, of random kind of skills that we've built up. These are all just skills, I feel, you know. Being an artist is just a skill I, and uh, something you have to hone and work on. And you can take it from one place and bring it to a different place. But it just takes, you know, a, a way of rethinking about something. And and just like we were talking about earlier, you know, the way I thought about photography uh, was basically some a way I thought for about 10 years, you, you know. And, and as creative as I ever was in that respect of the documentarian um it was still a box you know you're living in that that specific box and it wasn't until you know what could really think about um working with somebody uh that you know that we can there's plenty of people you could work with i feel and you know we've we've partnered with other organizations and we've each partnered with other artists but any collaboration between two artists um is going to be unique to that collaboration and then of course we've done multiple things over the last couple of years we started you know with terrain you know and i i, oh, I forgot about I, had, I had been part of the first yeah. terrain so many years ago and more than a decade ago and and just doing photography and and if i look at my uh look at my history through those more than 10 years it started with just like pictures i had taken and very just not basic, but just there's uh, a thing that happened. Here's a picture of it. And, you know, very little coloring or very little changes, no moving of any, you know, substance in the photo. And then the next year was a more interpretive kind of photography. And then by the time I met Ellen, we did, you know, this really, um, uh, you know, I, th- I think it was a conceptual piece where uh, we both drew we took a bottle that i had found on my grandmother's farm years ago and we both interpreted it in our own way so i photographed it and she uh drew it and then we also did a interactive piece with it where we left the bottle full of water in the space and let people like move it around and take photos with it and and uh and uh and interact with it and um by the end of the night that thing was sitting in the corner just totally trashed you know like <laughs> how interesting like this is how art is treated you know even though you know, we, we celebrate art in, these, in terrain, but we also, uh, you know, we can also, like, watch it be destroyed right in front of us. But anyway, so, that experience, like, has led to more and more exploration of what what we can do. But, you know, it wouldn't be possible. Like, what we have, what, what we have done has been largely possible because the, uh, the world around us, you know, our, our city has embraced art and in a big way in the last 10 years and in, in, in a way that has changed um, how people can see it in Spokane. And, you know, there was, I didn't live here as long, I haven't lived here as long as Ellen has. I didn't grow up here, but um, just uh, hearing about the history in Spokane, I think there's uh, chapters of, of, the, of the arts in Spokane and, I mean, feel lucky to be in this chapter uh, and the changes that have happened um, and the openness that organizations like Terrain and, and Spokane Arts have to allowing artists to explore things. Yeah. Well, as you're talking yeah. about exploring, and you know, a lot of this stuff is public, you know, whether it's mural or whether it's, you know, downtown Spokane partnership, trying to get people to come downtown. 
what has it been like? I mean, obviously you're still collaborating, but what has it been like since the shutdown? Um, how has your work changed? What have you been doing during this time? Oh man, uh, we're fortunate to have a couple of little commercial things still going on, but um, I kind of wanted to finish up on Mike's question actually like how do we collaborate because i don't Great. think we totally answered it <laughs> yeah i dominated that one ellen, <laughs> ellen actually knows how we collaborate let her talk <laughs> but um i think yeah one of it one of the things is definitely having the space and having an outside party believe in you but i think as a couple um i had always seen an artist in raj i don't know if he saw it when I first met him. I had to keep telling him that he's an artist. I see it in there. He he does dream big. And he has a very, very skilled eye for composition, um, beauty, and not just um, the superficial aspect of seeing, but asking himself, is it true? Is this true? As a journalist, uh, you can shape the story and make a very beautiful picture, but it might be accidentally telling a wrong story. So he really thinks deeply about the world around him and how he is representing it. So I have total trust in Raj, and I think that that is a huge part of our collaboration is that we 100% trust each other. So when we start to come up with ideas, we just put everything on the table. Any idea that comes to our mind, we put it on the table and then we riff off each other and build on top of ideas and soon we can't remember who came up with the first idea sometimes we do and we want credit for it <laughs> but most of the time we try to put our ego aside because um we are not making this by ourselves and it only happens because we're working together so taking out the like ownership of specific ideas ha makes the work grow and grow and grow if we cling to that idea and want to keep something that doesn't work for the art piece then it's not going to be the best art piece so i think that's that's how we really work i call it like fun idea time all the ideas go on the table and nothing's wrong and then then we start to see like oh what's the best out of all those ideas and sometimes we save those ideas other ideas for different projects and um and then we yeah, I think the total trust, and that's how our marriage works, too. I would say we trust each other 100%. No idea is a bad idea. And sometimes some ideas just aren't possible. <laughs> and sometimes they are. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and we got to know each other almost alongside, you know, the art. You know, those things grew at equal rates to each other. And so... Um, yeah, we were married last year. We, we mentioned that already. And um, part of the reason having the wedding in the in the library was because it really brought together a, a big portion of the, the kind of folks and the kind of uh, thinking that goes into, you know, our lives. You know, we, we the idea behind Factory Town is is not a commercial operation. It's an artistic one. And although we've supported it and um, worked with uh uh, commercial entities and nonprofits and made work for them uh, the long the long term big goal is to open up to those open up those organizations eyes Ellen does it really well with her big clients through Google and Amazon and you know these the, the big five that she works with and you know they see 
the ability and uh, the ability of arts and the ability of Ellen, but also the what art can do, you know, in these places. And those companies are they have their eyes more widely open to that idea. And we're we're moving to hopefully convince, you know, those our big five in Spokane that that can happen here, too, that we should that we should really embrace the actual artist behind um the work and you know as much as we love all the art that has been done in the past in Spokane we don't want to live in that time you know we don't we we love the red wheelbarrow we love uh we particularly love the pavilion you know it's brilliant you know piece of work that's there it's piece piece of art and feel lucky that they updated it and so amazingly you know added that piece to Spokane and grew it but I mean while they looked at the pavilion and they and they looked at what it was. They said, what else could it be in the future? And they made it better. You know, they didn't, they, they moved on and they took it into a new place. And that's what we're hoping that all Spokane artists can do now is and not to be stuck with painting murals of the red wagon and the clock tower. <laughs> you know, it's like, we, we know those things are here. They're not going anywhere. You know, I mean, if somebody, you know, if they fall over and we need to remember them, let's paint some murals, you know, that's cool. But, uh, at the moment, you know, they're alive and well. And, um, there are other parts of this area that are well worth, uh, celebrating and pointing out. Um, and we love to see other artists, uh, like, like Daniel, he goes by Gafiti, um, and you know he's all around Spokane. He's growing as an artist, and it's exciting to watch people who are getting work and putting, especially, are getting public work. You know, in, where you can see it, and that are taking those opportunities. And people are looking for the giving Daniel those opportunities to um, change the size of those buildings into uh, opportunities for the public to open be open more you know um so that's that's mm-hmm. we're, we're in that goal i feel like we're not we're not the only people by far doing that mm-hmm. and i think that the um that the consciousness is is changing now and it, it, it it's just going to take more artists talking about it you know and going and going back to eric's question um that we circumvented um <laughs> you're asking like how 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 has COVID and the lockdown changed the arts community. It is, it's tough because we miss seeing people. We miss talking to them in person and having those new conversations and interject our own art practice. Um, But it's also a time where we, we are very, very lucky, Raj and I, to have had enough work before the COVID shutdown that we're okay. We're not gonna be on the street. But now it's a time because we don't have as much work that we don't have any excuses oh we have to work on this commercial piece it's not very artistic now it's like okay we are putting all of our energy and efforts into thinking like what do we want to really be doing what's the what's the real work that we want to be focusing on and how can we when we're ready to move forward help our clients uh accept that well, and how are you answering that question? What is the work that you've decided you really wanted to be doing? <laughs> That's really good. Well, <laughs> yeah, we are we are doing and conceptualizing, and a lot of that stuff is in its yeah. earlier stage at the moment. Mm-hmm. But we have been able to work with a few artists. Um, the originals, num- uh, right? We worked on we're working on some internal pieces. One we call the originals, which is just selecting an artist, and um, we started with uh, Dario. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was early. That was a few months ago now. But uh, uh, our newest one will be about Daniel. And um, so we're excited to, you know, take people that w- that in- impress us and are, mm-hmm. are pushing our own thinking and hopefully elevate their message in a way that they can't do on their own. You know, the power of video and, you know, it's ubiquitous these days. Everybody's making video. And but how do we stand above all the other content creators out there? You know, I, I don't like to think of ourselves as quote content creators, but I understand that that's, you know, that we are out there in a world of podcasts and blogs and vlogs and, uh, you know, everything between, um, and to stand above and get, get your message heard, uh, you know, that, I think that's, that's something everybody's struggling, struggling with right now. And, yeah. and, uh, but I would say, Raj and, and Ellen, that both the Factory Town, you are putting a stamp on, I mean, if I see a video, like a, a music video, uh, say like the ones you did with um, Carly Ingersoll uh, mm-hmm. with her Window Project or mm-hmm. Emmy Bradley, mm-hmm. the the visuals that go along with the, the music, I mean, I think is just really, really beautiful. And I am curious as to how you guys put your heads together to come up with the locations the 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 color the i guess the whole uh composition of those kind of visual scenery uh scenes that we see through that music because i think they turn out so well and when i see that i go is that factory town i mean i without even (laughs) knowing it i think that that in itself tells me that you guys are kind of putting your own stamp on that particular art form oh wow thanks mike wow that's i mean that's a, that's a huge compliment thank you uh, yeah. we that is certainly the goal of ours but also like we said you know we know of, of other creators in this town um you know video creators in particular that are making amazing work and uh we're seeing them all you know vastly improve and you know we we are trying to keep up with them as well as seeing uh, we try to keep our attention one eye on the local and one eye on the national, international, you know, mm-hmm. always trying to um, impress on ourselves uh, the importance of both those things yeah. and to grow one with the other. One uh, interesting way that we complement each other is that um, I am a Luddite. I do not care about technology or any of this stuff. My, you have seen my social media is pretty sparse. Um and my artistic uh, upbringing was dive deep into the work, like get get as um, uh, embody the work that you are creating or watching or listening to or reading. And uh, how does it directly affect your life? And what are um, anyway? So when we when we get a get a project like working with carmen jane raj is thinking oh my gosh how can we create something that is relevant to the culture right now that's going to look amazing and i'm like what does this really really mean on a deep spiritual level for the artist who who made the song so we raj brings that like larger um, popular culture perspective and i'm bringing the what is what is uh cammy's physical body doing as she's creating this work and so we bring a very personal and um universal 
perspectives mm-hmm. uh, to to how we create. So um, yeah, Ellen is constantly reading, and um, I'm constantly watching uh, YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> and I and I can't read, so you know, <laughs> no. it just you know it helps us you know focus on the, those two elements. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think it's good compliments. Yeah, I do too. I think you need that. I mean, I think that's what puts your own unique stamp on the overall effect that a, a viewer of that of those music videos would get. I mean. You're not just looking maybe at just the videography and looking at it from that standpoint, but you really do feel like you're immersed in the music, the 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 emotion of what the the musician's trying to do, as well as the the technology to bring all that out with the different scenes that you put in there. Even with Jess's Cold Millions, I love the way you you pan in and out of those those postcards and things like that. It it adds to the story. In a, in a way, and I think with both of your different perspectives, um, in an, it, it adds it in an original way that it makes it um, uniquely yours. I think that's mm. the cool thing about it. Yeah, well, and, and and giving full credit where it's due, that was Jess's idea. He came with that idea from the beginning, and so I say, and I say that with completely open arms, is that when, you know, when we're working with somebody like Jess and like Carmen, uh, Carmen Jane or Cammie Bradley, now Carmen Jane, um, we don't have to do all the things, you know, like you've already experienced the things that we do. You know, we, we know, we know what we can do well and what we're getting better at. And that's a continuous journey for both of us. Um, always learning. Uh, but when we meet with somebody that is at that stage or further ahead, you know, and I would argue both those people are further ahead in their journeys and as artists, um, in their exploration, they're bringing so much of that to us that when they bring an idea here's an, ex- an example when we ask carmen um and cam or cammy uh what how we'd like to do her video she had a, a big idea and this is before COVID happened and so we were going to do an art installation and there was going to be red string everywhere and she's going to be hovering or sorry uh, pulled up by the string and hovering over the crowd and then she was going to do the music video and that was going to launch simultaneously in this space then of course everything crumbled and we had to pull that idea and so we went back to the drawing board and you know sat and had one of those sessions where we we chatted about what we were going to do and we dove into the into the water idea and um that video once if you see it it's it's all about uh it's for the song fun uh it's 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 water from the opening scene to the closing scene and so we pitched it to cammy and and eric her husband and we did it by Zoom and everything. And at the end, they're like, oh, this is this is good. We like what you guys are going with here. And they were, we talked through the idea, got it all arranged. And then she said, but I have to tell you, um, I hate being wet. And I've really never been underwater with my eyes open before. Like, oh, okay. Well, do you want to change the idea? Like, you know. You know, we don't have to do that idea. I mean, it's done, but it's like a full idea. We, we It's developed, but we're happy to change it. No, no, no. It's great. Let's do it. And that determination is equal i feel to the determination that we have an idea you know like she came in and she gave it fully over to us she wrote the song it's her music and it's produced you know it's produced by um a great producer out of uh germany, uh, germany that she's working with you know she, she's picking up you know she's working with folks that she hand selects you know and we feel amazing to be part of that group but in it's that, that it's that trust that yeah it's that trust we give each other that, that we've it is hard to find a client to work with that is that trust 
trusting, but it creates the best work. Yeah. Yeah. There's Sorry, I didn't mean nothing, to no, no, you're not, not at all. The, there's nothing that can replace that. And we've worked with lots of people and I, especially in journalism, it's kind of a, you, you, you'd come in, you, you do the story and you leave and it's, you know, it's a, it's an hour long relationship with most people and then you move on and you know, maybe they, you change their life. Maybe they never read the story, but it's like, it's, that's it, you know? And, and then the, in the work that we're doing lately, it's, it's a real investment, you know, it's months of time and, and talking over ideas. And even for a short minute, a short film or a, a short music video, you know, these things can have very, they can have a, a long period of development. So as we move into the new year, do you guys have, um, some goals or, um, targets that you want to hit by the end of the year or do you think in terms of that or do you think more long term in terms of what you want to try to accomplish yeah i think we think more long term with factory town we, we have goals to you know uh have a 401k and you know have some money <laughs> in the bank at some point uh just like anybody but um we we are trying as best we can to keep this this factory town thing separate from those things you know as much as money is a requirement um in the world you know it's it's uh you know it's it's just like you you need to have that desk and you need to have that time um to explore um ideas and and time more than anything uh and so we've picked a few projects that we're uh, going to tackle this year. One is a kid's book, you know, just something out of left field, but something that I've always thought would be interesting. And again, we have the, you know, we have the skills, I guess, to do that. We don't know, you know, we don't know if we can pull it off, but, uh, we see celebrities do it all the time these days. So, you know, it's like, uh, if they can do if it, Madonna you know, can then, do it, you can do it, right? Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I had a question about, because you, uh, he mentioned, I mean, there's this kind of, I don't know if I want to say friction, but there's the commercial aspect and there's the artistic aspect. And I, I mean, as you uh, keep saying the name Factory Town, my, my thought keeps coming back to him. And when I think what Factory Town is, you know, you think of some place that, you know, is built on an aluminum plant or something like that. So it seems very working class. So I'm just curious, uh, I mean, it's kind of like naming a band where it's kind of your mission <laughs> statement in a way. It's like, this mm -hmm. is who we are. How did you come up with the name Factory Town and what does it mean to you? Oh, yeah. It's actually, it, it is connected to the aluminum plant. My grandfather worked at Kaiser. We live in Spokane here. It was a factory town for a long time. And uh, Raj's father grew up in a city in India that is also a factory town. And his family and my, came My from, grandfather was a factory yeah. worker the f first i'm half indian and my dad's indian and his, my grandfather was the first um indian uh, who who got to be uh in management at the plant there it was a british owned company uh so like factory town i'm obsessed with naming things i think <laughs> as my marketing brain slash my headline writing brain is like you, you gotta hook them you know and and the name means something and uh so i get up i get deep into the weeds on names and uh when we came up with factory town we wanted it to have uh some personal meaning to it for us and we so we felt that's yeah, a it's a common it's a commonality there uh but also you know what factory town also kind of became is 
the idea that we're all kind of factory workers now you know like the new factory worker is the gig economy worker and we'll never be able to separate ourselves from that as long as we run our own business every business is mired in that and idea at least and uh, so i think factory town is kind of almost universal you know in the sense that all of our friends that are in the arts or you know driving uber or you know picking up groceries for folks we're, we're all in that gig economy and we're all artists in some sort you know everybody has an artistic element that they are currently exploring or not exploring you know but we all have that and so that's that's where factory town comes from and with the goal of you know pushing ahead and le- learning and pushing our fellow gig workers to you know mm-hmm. celebrate that yeah that's good. Does that kind of get get at it? Yeah, it's great. I, I love that. That's a uh, great metaphor for a lot of things. Uh, um, well, it's about doing the work, too. I mean, I think sometimes yeah. people are all about the product, yeah. um, and it's really about the process. It's about getting the work done. It's about, you know, the quote that keeps coming up when I talk to people on this show is, um, you know, Chuck Close said, inspirations for amateurs, the rest of us just get up and get to work, you know? Yeah. Actually, so. you're right, Eric. That I was just going to add that in to Raj's comment that it is just about like being grounded and sticking to the the job until it's finished. Yeah. Like all the people we've mentioned today, the all you know from Jess to Cami, uh, these are people that get up every morning and have a schedule to get work done. And you you watch all these. Like I said, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, and you know I can watch ten thousand YouTube videos. Ain't going to make me better, you know at the craft that I'm trying to do. It might help me inform inform me. You know, it's an amazing resource we have with, you know, uh, the search engine of, of of skills that you can add these days. But, you know, you can you can buy the master class and watch them all, you know, and, and get that advice from in, in Kobe Bryant himself or, uh, you know, whoever. Or uh, and it's, it's not going to make you got to get out there and shoot the baskets. And you put your work boots on. Yeah. yeah. You do not want to watch him editing a video. He'll be in up until like three in the morning on a half of a microsecond of a clip of, <laughs> uh, it's not perfect. I'm still, <laughs> it's due tomorrow. I love that. And I love yeah. that about a lot of the Spokane artists and I think artists in general of just how hard they work at their craft, you know, to really just get in there and, and do the work as Eric said. Um, if, if somebody wanted to, um, do a video or had a project in mind how how would they get a hold of you and what's the best way to get factory town involved and or separately ellen or you raja in terms of uh an art project a mural project or a vid, just a photography kind of a project what's mm-hmm. the best way to do that uh factory town has a website and an instagram and um just factory.town will get you there um uh, there's also a video game called Factory Town that came out literally the same day that we named our company, and that has uh, stolen a lot of our uh, <laughs> a lot of our space on the internet. So uh, <laughs> if you're looking for us, please d- you know do a deep dive and try to find us. Uh, um, but just like you know, as mu- important as names are, and and you know we have to do the work behind it. So we've just started or just starting um a blog. You know, it's nineteen ninety seven again for us and so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna launch into the blog universe because we've And what's we've your MySpace handle? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got the sparkliest MySpace page out there. Uh, but we we are excited to uh kind of circumvent the social media um 
algorithms by just going back to the source and 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 getting down to making the work again and talking about ideas and so ellen and i you know we sit around the house and during the pandemic we've had some amazing conversations that's about stuff and everybody thinks they can start a podcast these days right you guys probably see that and uh yeah. um and we think we can you know we think that everybody actually can start a podcast and uh but we we want to um we're not coming for you guys. Don't worry. We're not coming I, for your podcast. I do not want to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We do have these podcast microphones now. But we do want to uh, start a um, a space where we can um, start talking about ideas, showing ideas. So we're not we're not going to limit just to the the audio medium. But uh, we're going to try to use those tools that we have um, to start doing some you know deep thinking um, that's out there for other people to hopefully um, interact with. Well, as you're talking about that, it is funny. It seems like everybody uh, has this idea for a podcast and they think that they, you know, are going to be the next big thing or whatever. But I mean, I think that goes back to kind of what we were talking about about five minutes ago. It's not about whether you're going to get popular or whatever else. It's about doing the work. If it's work that you enjoy doing and if you're going to get better yourself, if you're going to get enjoyment out of it, I mean, the the product takes care of itself or it doesn't. That's Mm -hmm. not, that's not, to me, that's not any of the reason that I do this. It's mm-hmm. the fun that when Mike and I leave a conversation like this, we'll get done and we'll go, man, that was awesome. That was so much fun talking to people who create for a living. You know, it's just so inspiring. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would just say, I think that's a great idea. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Awesome. I you think, have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> and read it. <laughs> we'll throw well, something least, in there for you, just for you. some of us can read it. I heard Rob does. <laughs> <laughs> He only has an MFA, but he doesn't know how to write. I <laughs> uh, just want to tell you, I'm a big fan of your work, uh, uh, both of you, and it was really a pleasure having you on our show. Well, it's been a pleasure talking oh, to you thank guys. You. Yeah. yeah, you're both very inspiring to me. Looking at your stuff online, it was like, I don't know, you two are just doing really great stuff. I love it. Oh, well, thank you for thank inviting you. us. We hardly ever get to think about what it means to be a couple working together. So. <laughs> Out loud. Well, thanks for taking time thank out you. for us. I appreciate it. Thank you. We so love much. Art Hour. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Feel lucky to have joined the cadre of, of of people you've had. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>